Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome day today. It is mid-June right now, 2020. Uh, Weather is looking amazing outside, beautiful day. I'm excited to do another piece of whiteboard content with you guys. This episode, we're gonna be covering some uncommon advice for real estate investors. Uh, So let's just jump into today's piece of whiteboard content. I see a lot of investors within our Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club and just investors in general that are potentially overlooking some stuff here. Now, I'm, I by no means am saying that this way of looking at investor real estate is the right way. I'm just saying this is the way that we found a lot of success and with a lot of our clients have found a lot of success. So it's uncommon advice because I see investors just strictly looking at the numbers and the numbers look great, it's a cash flowing deal or whatever, the numbers are breaking even, whatever for that investor makes sense for them but all the numbers look good, the numbers are great, but then they go to buy the property and then there's potential issues in the future because they didn't think about some some other ways of analyzing property. So for me, I always put this before. Now, I guess I always think about this before I go and underwrite the numbers. So the the first one here is could I, live there. That's pretty good spelling, right? I think that's all, I think that's all right. <laughs> so the first, the first piece of advice is, could I live there? And this is what I, this is how I think when I walk into an investment property is, okay, let's just imagine that I'm married, right? I have a partner and I have a kid or something. So let's just imagine I have, you know, I'm married and I have a child. Could I live in whatever property I'm about to buy? Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to, because I'm, I'm not, but in this situation I'm thinking in my brain is, could I move my wife and, and my child into this property? And if the answer is no, then I won't buy it. Now I'm not married, I don't have a kid, but that's just how I think about it, because if I couldn't move my potential wife and my potential child into that unit, why would I buy it? Now that's just my way of thinking about it because the majority of the times when investors are just strictly buying off of the numbers and they're not thinking about the kind of tenant that they're gonna get in the property, they run into uh, some issues because they have tenant issues, uh, the tenants aren't taking care of the property, they're not paying rent on time, and that's where we get into some potential issues with owning investment properties. Now, for us and for a lot of our clients that follow this advice, our tenants pay monthly uh, with no issues, never had issues on that front, and our tenants take care of our properties. Now, I'm not saying this is a foolproof way of, of having you know a seamless experience in real estate because if you own enough real estate and you own enough real estate for a long enough period of time, you're gonna have issues, it's just what it is. It's just the nature of, of owning real estate and being an investor. But what I'm looking to do, and 
I guess my search train of thought about it is I'm looking to uh, reduce risk, right? To risk mitigation. That's all I'm looking to do. I can never take risk fully out of investing in real estate. I can, right? But I can do my part to lower the risk and thus increase the return and have a better experience. Because if, if I, so let's say I buy that property that I'm looking at, I could live there, you know, I can move my wife, my kid in there. I'm not going to, but I could if I needed to, it's that kind of property that I would want to live in. I'm more than likely going to attract an amazing quality of tenant that is, 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 is going to pay rent on time. That's going to be like me. That's going to take care of the place. And I'm going to have more than likely a better experience because if you buy something that you couldn't live in, but there's, there's the chances increase of you're not going to get a tenant that you could see eye to eye with. Right. And it's just what it is. The second piece of advice is, and this one is, uh, this one's a funny one, but this is how I look at it is I'm writing down dinner here is now we're not having dinner in person with any of our tenants. Um, and I don't recommend that right now because of COVID-19 and I've never done this, but this is how I look at it is on Friday night. Can I go over to my tenants property and have dinner with them? Now I'm never going to do that. <laughs> we have property management. I've never met our tenants. And same with our, and same with a lot of our clients, we have outside property management and they handle all of it. But I imagine this, this kind of property that I'm buying, is it going to be the kind of tenant that I'm going to be wanting to go over on Friday night and have dinner with, have a glass of wine. And am I like, is there a good chance that I could be friends with this kind of tenant that's going to be renting the property? So <laughs> this is kind of a funny one because I actually do legitimately think about this is could I have dinner with the kind of tenant that is going to be living here? Could I be friends with this person? Could I watch a movie with them or, you know, just do I see myself having some sort of commonality with this tenant? I'm not saying this is the right way of doing it. I'm just saying it, this, this route of looking at investment real estate can make a lot of sense because really what are you doing? You're, you're buying a property for sure, but then you're kind of, you're, you're kind of in a way, in a roundabout way, you're buying that kind of tenant that's going to be within that property. Now, you know what I mean. You're not, you're not actually buying a tenant, but you're, whatever property you're buying is going to attract a certain quality of tenant. We want to make sure that it is a good quality of tenant. And by asking the question, could I live there? Personally, if you had a wife and a kid, and a lot of you do have wives and kids or husbands and kids or whatever the situation is, partners and kids, um, asking yourself that question that that increases the chance of getting a better quality tenant because if you wouldn't live there i mean because sorry if you would live there you're probably going to get somebody that's similar to you and you're probably the kind of person that pays rent on time that takes care of your place blah 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 and then i asked the question like i mentioned could i have dinner with them now i've never done it and i, and I don't plan on it i've never met our tenants i don't i don't plan on it uh but this is one that i think about because if I couldn't go over and have dinner with them on a Friday night and just have a nice relaxing dinner, listen to some music, chill out. If I couldn't do that with that kind of tenant that I'm looking at, like, you know, the property that I'm looking at buying, uh, I'm just going to walk away. Essentially what I'm looking to do, like I mentioned, is I want to have, I want to have something in common with the, with, with the tenants. I want to have something in common, even though they're never going to know who I am. I'm never going to meet them because we have outside property management. 
I just want to be able to relate to them. Because if I know that I can relate to them, it's going to increase my chances of having a better quality tenant. So it's, it's interesting because this is a process that we go through and then we underwrite the numbers. So we say, okay, can we live there? Okay, great check. Could I have dinner with them? This is more so a bonus one, but I, I legitimately do think about, could I have dinner with them on a Friday night? I could, okay, check. I, you know, I feel going to get that kind of person that's going to live here that I'm going to enjoy actually being a landlord for. Okay, check. And then I look at the numbers. So, okay, the a property cash flow is a hundred bucks a month. Okay, great. It's in a good, it's in a good area. The location's great. You know, it has some value add potential. I could add a unit downstairs or I could add, or I could add two units or I could increase rent over time or whatever, whatever strategy you have for investment real estate, I look at that after. So, okay, I could live there. I can have dinner with that tenant. I can see eye to eye with them. Okay, great. Do the numbers make sense? Because what, what I see, and we get called out to investors' properties all the time where, you know, they call us up and say, hey, Curtis, I want to sell it, right? Because we're realtors, we can help them with that. So then we go, we start talking with that investor and they say, you know what, I want to sell, you know, these two properties here because, because of this reason. And the majority of the times, the reason is because the tenant is, is being a pain or whatever the case is. And by no means is this always just all the tenant because a lot of the times it's the landlord too. <laughs> so don't give me, I'm not just saying it's just all the tenant in these situations. A lot of the time the landlord isn't doing their part of the bargain in, in the landlord tenant relationship. So I just want to make that clear. But a lot of the times it's tenant issues or tenant conflicts because of the kind of property that they bought and they didn't choose the tenant right. So by, by going through this process mentally, you're more than likely going to be buying a great, I mean, a better property in a better area that you would want to live in that thus would increase your chances of getting a better quality tenant. And like that example of what we get called out to properties, you know, a lot of the times it's that is because they looked at the numbers first, the numbers made a lot of sense and then they bought it without actually thinking about what kind of person is going to be living there. Because like, let's say you plan on owning a property for 30 years, right? An investment property for 30 years or whatever, 10 years, 20 years. Well, somebody's going to be living there the whole time, unless you're just going to have a vacant the whole time, which you're probably not going to do. That'd be pretty crazy. Unless you have deep pockets, you're probably going to be renting out that property. So who are you going to be renting out to? Are you going to be renting out to tenants? Like I know this is one-on-one real estate investing right now, and I'm sorry if I'm getting too just simple on you guys but it's, you're gonna be renting tenants. So wouldn't you want to increase your chances of getting a better quality tenant? Well, this is, this is a way that we kind of go about doing it and we've had a lot of success with it. So yeah, I'm gonna end it here. If you guys have any more questions uh, or, or comments about this, this is an unusual way of going about it. It's unusual advice, uh, but I see so many investors, like I mentioned, man, they're just looking at the numbers Numbers make sense, they buy it, and then they just have these hang they have these issues because they looked at the numbers first, they didn't look at the um, you know the other factors that go into it that are beyond the numbers. Because I'd rather have arguably less cash flow, but have a better quality tenant. Because what that is gonna do is it's gonna make me wanna buy more properties. Because if I have less issues on my properties, I'm now going to say, well, why don't I just go buy my 12th property 
all my properties are great, you know, there's no issues. But if you have say five properties and now all of them are all of them have issues, you're not gonna wanna buy the sixth. So it's gonna it's gonna stunt your wealth building. You're not gonna wanna buy the sixth because now it's a sixth phone call every month, it's a sixth problem tenant. So that's just how I look at it. Um, you know, I, I really hope that you guys got some, you know, got something out of today's episode. Uh, any comments or concerns, put them in the question box down low or the comment box on YouTube. Hit subscribe, like, do all that awesome YouTube stuff. Really hope you enjoyed today's piece of content. Have a great day. Peace.